It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom. Now, I've got a story that I promised you from last week. I don't know how I've never said this to you before or explained it, but you've got to follow closely. In other words, if you're in the middle of doing something else, this is not the kind of podcast you want to listen to. It's a non-multitasking podcast, this particular episode. Because it's even hard for me to follow. So many moving pieces were involved at the same time. But it's quite fascinating the way things work out. It started like this. I was dating a man for a while. And uh, we went to a club where they had dancing. And he dropped me off while he went to go park the car. I sat at a high top table in the bar area. I was dressed up, looked good. You know, we do on occasion. And the waitress came over to me and told me that a man at the bar wanted to buy me a drink. And I told her, oh, please tell him I said, thank you. I appreciate it, but I'm with someone else. And she said to me, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I didn't know. I said, why would you be embarrassed? It's your job. And you didn't know. Just make sure you thank him from me. And she leaves. And then my date came in, the man that I was seeing, sat down at the table with me and we were talking and I decided, let me just keep that quiet just for a little bit because I don't want to create any problems. I don't know his mindset right now. I don't know the other guy's mindset. I don't even know who the other guy is. Never met him. We decided to get up and dance, which we did for a good 15 minutes. Had a blast. You know, it's one of my favorite things to dance. Is it yours? Sometimes I just turn the music on in my house and I blast it because I have speakers in every room and I just dance. That is the best exercise in the world. And you have fun at the same time. Back to the story, as if it's not going to be confusing enough. We went back to our high top table and I was walking in front of him. And as I approached the table, I saw that there was a napkin on my chair. I quickly saw that there was handwriting sort of scribbled in a rush. I picked it up without my date seeing, stuck it in my coat pocket, which was hanging on the back of the chair, and we ordered drinks. Now, again, maybe I should have been more forthcoming right there at that moment, but I did not want to create a problem. No pots to stir on our Saturday night out. About a half an hour went by, and then I finally decided, because I still don't know who this is or who the man, or even if it was the same person, and I told the man that I was with that I had received a napkin, I stuck it in my pocket, and he says, well, I want to see it. And I said, no. He said, why not? I said, because I don't want this to become an issue. We're out having a good time. I have no intent on following through on anything written in that napkin, and I haven't even read it. So let's just leave it alone. No need for a hornet's nest tonight. Begrudgingly, he agreed. We enjoyed the rest of our night, went back home to my house. He spent the night, hung up my coat. He asks me the next day about the napkin. Again, I said to him, can we please let sleeping dogs lie? How many sayings can I use in one podcast? He says, why? What are you afraid of? I said, I'm not afraid of anything. I just want you to let it go and let's just drop it. You know, at that point, we were starting to have a couple issues, a little bit of bickering, and I really did not want to increase the risk 
of any chance of a breakup. You know, this is just a stupid little thing that I had no control over. Well, he finally, finally stopped it. Now, let me go back and you'll see how this ties in. He and I went to another place previously before we went to that bar. We walked in after working out. We sat down at the bar at a corner. Another guy was to my left on the other side of the corner. I was in the middle and my date was on my right. The guy sitting to my left reaches across and introduces himself to the guy I'm with and to myself, says his name is Johnny. And we're talking about football and how he used to play. And the guy I was with also used to play. And they were comparing notes. One played for St. Louis. One played for San Francisco. And it was just, you know, it was a fun conversation. But there was something about that guy. And my guy picked up on it. I never said a word. Never told him anything I was thinking or feeling. I just felt something towards this guy but I'm sort of stuck. Like I'm in a situation, I'm not going to say anything to the guy because it would be disrespectful to the man I'm with. And after we were talking for a while and I was, yes, being a little bit flirtatious, but that is me by nature. And even the guy I'm with knew it. And I meant no harm at all. I was having fun. My guy decides it's enough already and says, let's go. And I'm struggling, trying to figure out a way. Maybe I should ask the guy to give me his name or number just in case in the future my person and I split up. I don't know. There was just something weird going on that I would never admit to, which I am now for the first time. And I'm sure the guy I dated is listening to this podcast saying, see, I knew it. Anyway, my guy turns to leave. I turn back to that guy and I say to him, I will see you again sometime. And I just looked at him for a second and he nodded his head and I left. I followed my guy out of the restaurant. Flash forward now. We're back at that club. I got the napkin. We're at the point where the next day he wants to see the napkin and I keep saying no. Flash forward another two months, and we're broken up. You see what I mean? I saw it coming. I wasn't really feeling 100% well. I had this inkling of an idea that the cancer might be back. I wasn't sure. I was just out of sorts, and we did split up. Well, after about two weeks after we split up, and this is now two months after the napkin episode, And three months after the other bar football guy episode, I am deciding I'm going to move. And I start going through all my clothes and I'm packing up stuff to give away to charity. And I've got bins that I'm filling up with clothes that I don't really wear. And I'm going through shirts and pants and pockets and coats and jackets. And I fall upon this napkin, the mysterious napkin that I had yet to read. And on it, it said, mind you, this is two months, two weeks later. It said, saw you having a good time, didn't want to interrupt, wanted to wish you well and give you my number. Maybe we can get together sometime. I mean, I thought to myself, this sounds like poetic justice. Maybe I should just call the guy. It's been over two months. I wonder if he'd even remember me. So instead of texting him, 
I called him and I said, hey, you left a napkin on my chair a couple of months ago and he starts to laugh. I can't believe you are calling me. I cannot believe that you followed through after all this time. I've always wondered about you and what happened, why you never responded. I guessed that you were very heavily involved and that maybe I overstepped. I said, well, to be honest with you, you did overstep. I was there with somebody, but you had balls enough to do what you did. So I figure maybe he's the type of guy that I should reach out to and see what he's all about. You see, sometimes it works the other way. Well, we agree to get together. And just me being me, I said, I live in this area. And he said, well, so do I. I said, so come on over. Let's have a drink and then let's go out. And that's exactly what we did. He came over. Remember, I had never seen him. I've never met him. All I had was a napkin. (laughs) Me being me. I open the front door. He's not a bad-looking guy at all. He walks in. We sit down. I pour us a drink. We start to talk. And the more we talk, the more I realize this guy is really upset with life. He's been dealt a horrible hand, a personal situation that occurred at work with his boss and co-workers and information in the news. And I mean, he told me the whole story. He cried as he spoke. It's like he just needed somebody to talk to. And of course, I'm it. I did my damnedest to make him feel better about himself. I said, look, you know, we all get ourselves in jams in bad situations that we don't necessarily know how to get out of. Time heals all. You've just got to let this die down. And I wish I could tell you more about it, but it would be betraying his trust if I did so. But as a result, he was telling me that his job has suffered. He's working for a company strictly on commission. He can't get his head in the game. He has all these high-end clients that he needs to call, but he can't seem to break through. And so I decided to help him. I said, where do you work out of? And he told me the building that he works out of. I said to him, all right, since you don't seem to have anybody in your corner right now, I'm going to come to your office for two hours a day. I'm going to work my business while you're working yours. But I'll try and be inspirational for you I'll help talk you through who you're about to call, and maybe I can just jumpstart you in that way with your business. Well, he couldn't be more grateful. And damn it, I did it. I went with him for two or three times. The next week, I went the full week, listened to him talk, listened to him talk about his past. I would stop him in midstream, and I would say, hey, I'm not here to hear about this. I'm here to help you get moving forward making money so that you can get yourself out of this rut. And then I found out I was sick again and needed chemo, so I had to put an end to that, although we're still friends. Now, remember, I met him at this particular club, and now we are friends. And about a week went by. I asked how he was doing. I had already had chemo. I was past the rough part. I looked good. I said to him, hey, What are you doing tonight? It's a Friday night. Oh, he says, I have a date. And I said, okay, well, you know what? I just feel like dancing. So I may venture over into your end of the woods over there in that club. 
that you left the napkin on my chair? I said, so if you see me, just say hi. I'm not looking for anything else and I never was to begin with. He says, no problem. I'll buy you a drink if you come in. I hemmed, I hawed. I didn't know if I wanted to get dressed up. It just got later. It was about 8 o'clock, 8.30. I know to many of you that doesn't sound late. But to me, after working all day and it's Friday night, I said, ah, I forced myself to get dressed. I put on my makeup. I put on my heels and I went to this place. I sat at the bar. I didn't see him. I did see a good-looking guy to my left who was checking out. I heard him say, I'm tabbing out to the bartender. And I thought, well, there goes that opportunity. And as I'm sitting there sipping on this drink, that guy turns to leave. And as he passes me, he turns around and he holds out his hand. And he says, hey, how you doing? And I shake his hand. He says, is this chair taken? And I am saying to myself, Be still my beating heart. I can't believe this man turned around and decided to sit down because to me, I thought he was gorgeous. And I thought I was the luckiest woman alive at that moment in time. I said, no, of course, sit down. I'm trying to play, you know, cool. You know how we get. My heart's beating, but the outside of me looks just like cool as a cucumber, as our moms used to say. So he sits down and we start to talk and he's got a beard and a mustache and his hair is a little bit longer, not much, but, you know, over the ear, just a good looking man, whitened teeth, just the whole package. He was built well, like the kind of guy you want to take home to your mom and say, he's mine, mom, I found him. Well, the more we talked, I finally said to him, what did you say your name was? He says, Johnny. And I looked him dead in the eye and realized, and if you're anything like me, you just got the goosebumps. He is the guy that I met at the other place with the man I was dating that were both into football. And I had gone back to that place a couple of times looking for him and never found him. The only reason I didn't recognize him is because he had a full beard and mustache. And at the time I met him, he didn't. I said to him, are you kidding me? Your name is Johnny? He says, yeah. And he looks at me and it's like that look that connects. Like you you know something about each other when you finally stare deeply into each other's eyes. And he says to me, oh, shit. He says, I've been looking for you. He says, I didn't want to say anything when you came in with your boyfriend to the other place. He says, because I'm respectful of that kind of relationship. I would never, ever do that. He says, but secretly, I kept going back and I've been looking in the area, hoping that I'd find you. And my mouth is just hanging open because I didn't tell him that I'd been looking for him. This was just one of those moments in time where you feel blessed. You feel like everything is going your way. The planets are aligning. There's a term called syzygy, where three or more planets line up in a row. And I felt like Boom! This is the epitome of syzygy. We hugged each other. We laughed. He says, I want to make sure I am 100% clear. I did not come on to you. He says, but I felt something from you. He says, I would never do that to another guy. I said, I know. It was more my fault than yours and definitely not his fault, the man that I'd been with. He says, are you still together? I said, no. I said, are you with anyone? He said, no. Well, there was the fourth planet. It lined up. 
And I was ecstatic. We got up to dance like there was no tomorrow. The whole room disappeared except for he and I on the dance floor. Nothing else mattered. I was just beside myself. Like these things just don't happen normally. He couldn't let go of me. He said, I swear to God, this has nothing to do with sex. This is just something that's never happened to me before in my life. I said, believe me, I understand. These kinds of things have happened to me in different ways. It's sort of an aura. It's sort of spiritual. I can't explain it. I just say, roll with it. So we leave the club. And as we leave the club, the bartender says to him, Johnny, you were one minute away. (laughs) And he starts to laugh and he puts his arm around me and we leave. And he says, where do you want to go? I said, I don't know. He says, well, I live about a mile from here. I said, so do I. I said, let's go to my house because I just feel safer at my house, even though I felt like the world had stood still and that I was with the person that I had been meant to be with. I still wanted to check on my dogs. Let me add that in there. And I could ask him to leave whenever I wanted if things went south. We went to my house. We sat and we talked until 2 o'clock in the morning. And the amounts of things we had in common, the fact that he admitted he'd been looking for me, I admitted to him as well, that I had gone back to the same place and I'd gone to a couple other places just maybe by chance bumping into him, never found him. And he stood up and he says, all right. He says, I'm a little nervous about this. I said, I get it, but I promise you there's nothing that could happen here. I'm not here to hurt you. If I were, I would never have brought you back to my house. Never. I would never have allowed us to have this much conversation about intimate subjects and life and your pasts and my pasts and all the things that matter to us. We got to the front door. I had his number. He had mine. Because as we had left the parking lot, I said, hold on. I want your number because I'm not taking a chance on losing you again this time. So I called his cell. It rang. He showed me. He hung up and we were connected. So at the front door, I said to him, We have each other's numbers. Let's get together again. I assumed tomorrow, after everything that had been said and done, no sex, just talk. But deep, deep, deep talk. He said, I'm a little scared. And I said, there's no reason to be scared. And now you can't force a sale. I already thought we had sold each other. So... I was just listening to hear what was coming next. He said, I'm just frightened. This all happened so quickly. I'm not 100% sure how to deal with it. He says, but yes, give me a few days, just a few days to let it all sink in. And he says, and we will get back together. And while I was taken aback and a little upset, I, again, was not going to force it. And I said, okay, no matter, whatever works for you will work for me. And he leaned down and he kissed me and he hugged me and he turned around and he left. A couple days went by and all I did was text him to say, thinking about you. That's all I wrote. And I noticed that the text went from blue to green. Now that is the telltale sign that there's a problem with somebody's cell phone or they have an Android and you have an Apple or they block you. One of those three things. So I assume he had an Android. Four days went by. I still never heard from him. 
Five days, six, seven, I called. I'm sorry, this is a non-working number. Now, I know that's not true because I saw when I called his phone, it lit up. That man blocked me. How could somebody do that? I don't get it. Even to this day, I don't get it. That was about a month and a half ago. I have never heard from him since. I've never gone back to the same places because I don't even want to know the reason why. It's not like anything happened to him. He didn't get hurt. He literally blocked me. Why do men do things like this? What gives them the right to string somebody in, bring them in tight, tell them how much they feel, and admit to me in the very beginning that he'd been looking for me? What causes a person to just vanish? It's called ghosting. What would possess any human being to do that to somebody who's caring and soft and has also admitted feelings? Why? Has it ever happened to you? Oh, it really just knocked me for a loop. I didn't even tell anybody about it. I was so humiliated and so upset and disturbed and freaked. You know, like, if I can let that happen with a man that I've only met twice, once by accident, second time by accident, and yet I let myself go and allowed so much to be transferred between the two of us, what's to stop me from doing it again? It's a tough lesson. They call it ghosting. It happens a lot on dating sites. I know that for sure. In fact, it happens at the workplace. People come in to work for minimum wage. They find a better job. They don't even bother telling their previous boss that they've been hired elsewhere because they feel the paperwork is too much. They don't want to go through it. They've already been paid. They know that they'll find somebody else. So they just go to work somewhere else. They don't have the common decency or courtesy to let the other person know whether it's a boss, whether it's a date, whether it's a girlfriend, whether it's an employee, it just sickens me that people think they can do this and that it doesn't cause damage to the other party. I'm still hurt, but there is nothing I can do to fix it. You can't unring a bell. If I saw him again, I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. I learned my lesson. A hard one, but I learned. I need to be more careful. I need to be mindful. I have to stop talking so much. And I need to filter my listening. If they start talking to me and opening up immediately, I need to ask, are you sure you want to be telling me this so soon? Let me put my hand up and stop inhaling every word they say. Let me take care of me for a change instead of taking care of the world. I would love to know if you have gone through anything like this. If you have, please, could you just write it right there on the podcast page? Share your story. Nobody needs to know your name or where you're from. It would just make people like me feel less stupid, less taken advantage of to know that we share this situation. Oh, terrible. If you subscribe to Sugar Mom, it's free and you'll receive my podcasts automatically. And I can see your notes to me. 
this is a note I would love to read if it has indeed happened to you. How did you handle it? How did you feel? Did you ever run into the guy again? Please do share. Or you could write me at robinmarshallsugarmom at gmail.com. I always respond. robinmarshallsugarmom at gmail.com. Go to my website, sugarmom.net. You could buy my book, The Diary of a Sugar Mom, right there on my site. And there's lots more stories like this one that I bet you could relate to. Let me know. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm glad to get this one off my chest. It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom.